This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You can you can bet on sports in 20 different states now, a lot of places, but people still go to Vegas yep. because it's fun to go to Vegas. Well, guess where else it's fun to go? It's fun to go to New Orleans. So we think it could end up being a, a real boon, not only to the state's economy, but to us as a company. And so the, the people here who are smarter than me said, we need somebody in charge of it. And I said, if you need a degenerate, I'm signing up. <laughs> I am your degenerate, oh, right. ladies and gentlemen. Fact, Sign me up. <laughs> I have a coworker who Zach. used to call me the degenerate, but then when this position came open, he immediately switched to degeneral. So that's if you're going to be a degenerate, it's nice to get paid to do exactly, it. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. I don't even have to actually bet. I just get a paycheck for messing around with this stuff. Who you betting on? Always on black, bad stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston. What's up? And Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. (laughs) All right, let's talk some NFC South. NFC South, indeed. This is the second-to-last divisional preview show that we have for you. All the AFC's been done. The NFC East, the NFC North, that was Monday and Tuesday. Today, it is the NFC South, home of the defending Super Bowl champions and the oldest quarterback in the NFL, Mr. Thomas Edward Brady III. Dangles Thomas is old Edward quarterback. Patrick Brady III. Oh, so, Not- so sorry, so sorry. <laughs> he is the former quarterback of Matthew Dangles, Angela Antonio's New England Patriots, now obviously in Tampa Bay, Second year in the Bruce Arians offense. It's going to be fun to prognosticate where these teams are going. We are playing MFK again. You know how that works. Sorry, Mrs. Crookston, for the cussing. And then at the end of the show, we will be giving out our season-long win total bet that you can back up the Brinks truck for. But as you know, if you've listened to these shows so far, whether it was last week or this week, you know that we cannot do this alone. So we are bringing in a guest to help us. And this man might be the smartest man we've brought on yet because you can find him on Twitter, at Z Ewing. He is the director of sports betting and gaming. I will say that again. The director of sports betting and gaming for the Advocate Times Picayune out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I know I said that wrong, but I'm saying it because it is fun anyway. And we probably should have had him on here earlier because he would have told Drew not to bet the over in the first Patriots preseason game because again this man is smarter than everyone else in this room so please welcome to the show for the first time ever Mr. Zach Ewing welcome to the show sir how are you guys doing if if I was really that smart my bankroll would show it and I wouldn't have to be here but here I am (laughs) fair enough but hey my friend you are in New Orleans I assume or in Baton Rouge you've been covering the Saints for a while are they your team is that the team you root for just the team you work for it's it's really just the team that I cover I mean I don't cover them personally uh, I, I just moved over from being yeah. the sports editor, so I read about them all the time. Uh, obviously, right. Saints, LSU, so I know a lot of the LSU guys around the league. Um, and I, I, I honestly don't know that I have an NFL team, which is I know is unique, but it, I'm so into the to the gambling and the fantasy aspect of it that it, 
it almost, I, I was a Cowboys fan growing up, but I just don't care who wins anymore. I just, I just want to win. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. And that's how we are as a show too. We sort of started out way back when as an LA Rams show rooting for the new hometown team, LA Rams. Then the Chargers came into town, tried to root for them. But then it became apparent that yes, we have our loves. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Drew is a Lions fan. Dangles is a Patriots fan. But the fact that you can actually make money guessing correctly on these NFL games and try to use your skills as not only a football avid watcher, but also an intelligent person breaking down the numbers, marrying that together and trying to make money in that you win on Sunday as well as the utmost. That's the biggest thrill in the world. And so the director of sports betting and gaming, explain to me a little bit what that is exactly for this, for the advocate. I don't understand how that works. Are you in charge of all the numbers? What are we doing here? Okay. So, so Louisiana was one of the states that approved sports betting in our state yep. on the ballot last November, at least in the, here, here's a Louisiana term for you. And out of our 64 parishes, we don't have counties, we have parishes, <laughs> 55 of them approved sports betting, which is including all the most populated ones. And so it's essentially the yep. whole state. Um, and so to sort of get in front of that, we decided as a news organization, hey, let's let's cover this like we would cover anything else from top to bottom. Let's become everybody's source for this. Um, let's not just give picks and insights, but let's cover uh, if someone makes a big bet at a casino, let's partner with a casino. Let's get, you know, let's get them to offer some some fun props, uh, some some lines that you can't get anywhere else that have just to do with the Louisiana teams. In the springtime, yeah. we're hoping we can get some college baseball lines, but you don't get anywhere else. But it, guess what? In Baton Rouge, that's like oh, the wow. third major sport. So um, yeah, it's it. We're we're trying to get ahead of it and and do sort of a regional unique perspective um, on it. And really, I, I mean, our idea is you can you can bet on sports in what, 20 different states now, a lot of places, but people still go to Vegas yep. because it's fun to go to Vegas. Well, guess where else it's fun to go? It's fun to go to New Orleans. So we think it could end up being a, a real boon, not only to the state's economy, but to us as a company. And so the, the people here who are smarter than me said, we need somebody in charge of it. And I said, if you need a degenerate, I'm signing up. <laughs> I am your degenerate, right. ladies and gentlemen. Fact, Sign me up. <laughs> I have a coworker who Zach. used to call me the degenerate, but then when this position came open, he immediately switched to degeneral. So that's if you're going to be a degenerate, it's nice to get paid to do exactly, it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I don't even have to actually bet. I just get a paycheck for messing around with this stuff. So. Even better. Even better. <laughs> hey, playing with house money is never a bad thing, Zach. I listen. I'm in Michigan. Uh, uh, it was approved uh, on the bill legalized gambling here uh, like last March. Um, and I have seen just an absolute boom uptick of just casual people. Uh, I, I've told the story about my sister getting a DraftKings account and, and, and all this stuff. And the enthusiasm is such a communal experience. Can you, can you speak on that a little bit? Like, are you seeing, has there ever been a, ever been a time in the history of the world that sports betting has been this popular? In fact, 2012, Roger Goodell Betting on betting on sports is a felony. Never do it. Now he's inviting all the big sponsors to come on in. There's going to be sports books in these stadiums at any time. Can can you speak on just the enthusiasm and and, and what you see in just the general population of this ever growing industry? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's like you said, it's it's you see it everywhere, just on social media, right? I mean, you can't scroll through one one page view of social media without seeing. At least I can't. Maybe it's who I follow, but somebody's always got some action on something. And, and at some point, there was just too much money in it. I'm, I'm kind of surprised it took the leagues this long to think, how can we make up some money? Well, we, why are people watching NFL games that are 28 to 3 in the fourth quarter? 
that nobody's watching those games except for the gamblers. I mean, at some point you have to realize that's what this is. And it, it started slowly. Brent Musburger, we, we all know is degenerate. You know, he, he is the true degeneral. Um, the king. Yeah, yeah. Like started mentioning it in broadcasts. And then all of a sudden you get the, Oh, that was significant to some. And this, you know, Northwestern scored a yeah. touchdown that didn't matter into the game, except everybody's going ape over it. What, and you start, yep. then Scott Van Pelt starts doing bad beats. And all of a sudden, like, it's become mainstream to the point where I get people walking up and asking me, what's a money line? You know, what's what's this? What's that? Now, in Louisiana, you can't actually bet yet because we have to do everything backward in this state. So mm-hmm. we, we've approved the law, but n- none of the books have actually been approved and they're still going through that process. So they're hoping like middle of September, they'll they'll be able to actually take bets. And I'm hoping that we do get a huge influx of casual betters because it, w- it would be good for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we're just sitting here waiting in California. If anybody's listening out there that has any uh, pushing of the pencils to do, we're, we're waiting for you. We are here. We're, we're for the ready. love of God, please. <laughs> we and just want to bet. <laughs> Drew and I, when Drew was in California, Drew and I in a past life used to work for private party events for big money clients, people who had more money than, and, than anyone else in the world. And we we deal with the the lower end, the people who's making nothing, and they're betting on sports. We're dealing with the higher end, people who have more money than anyone else, and they're betting on sports. It, it is ingrained in the American culture to be able to predict something and call yourself correct. And I think the sky's the limit when it comes to this whole world. And that's why we as a show exist, and that's why we're pumped to talk about the NFC South right now and try to give our listeners some insight on how they can make money depending on where they live on the NFC South, predicting what will happen in the future. But let's start. Let's jump right into it. It's time to play Marry, Fuck, Kill. And the first Marry, I think, is pretty easy. I think I know where my three co-hosts are going, but I want to go to my guests first. The Super Bowl defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in this division. Are you tempted to marry them, or are you going somewhere else, my friend, Zach? No, if I have to if I have to be with somebody long-term, as in for the whole season, it's got to be the Bucs. I mean, there just really isn't a weakness on this team. You, yep. you could say running back. I mean, I, they, they seem to have a lot of – a lot of running backs. I don't know that any one of them is that special. But between Rojo and, and Fournette, even Keyshawn Vaughn, and they brought in Gio Bernard, I mean, they, they have enough there. But really what it is is you talk about O-line, D-line, linebacker, secondary, the, the depth they have at receiver. I mean, the only thing I think that derails the Bucks this year would be injuries specifically to Brady. Yeah. I, you know, the guy's 44 years old. Who are we kidding? Like, it's at some point, he's got to hit his expiration. It's date. not unprecedented. He spent most of his career pretty healthy, but it's certainly it's certainly not unprecedented. It could happen. Right. And if that happens, then you get Blaine Gabbert from my alma mater. I, listen, I, I don't I don't know that he's winning you a Super Bowl, but um, no, no, no. I was in Jacksonville when they drafted him. He's not he's not <laughs> winning you a Super Bowl. <laughs> but but outside of that, I you know. This team's in it to the end, and I think what's their win total like eleven and a half, twelve, depending on where you get it. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's got to be right. Maybe they get bored and lose a few times, but I think they've got to be right close to that. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. Drew, Zach, as Tony correctly said, I, I do believe you are the smartest guy in this room right now. However, my biggest stat that I've heard this preseason that makes me want to actually take this pen and just gouge my eyes out <laughs> is okay. The Bucks, yes, they've returned all twenty-two starters. 11 on defense, 11 on offense, but but they are getting old. 
Their average age of their offensive unit is 28 and a half. Well, no shit, you fucking math whiz. That's what happens when you have a 44-year-old quarterback. That's called an outlier, Zach. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term. I'm sure you are. <laughs> but let's let's not talk about the average age of the Tampa Bay Bucks when you have a 44-year-old quarterback. For the love of God. Sorry, that's all. <laughs> I'm with you, man. We, we need the median instead of the mean there. I mean, what is going on? What is going on <laughs> yeah, with that stat? Brady, that is Brady, the most asinine stat skews, I've ever heard in my life. Brady skews the shit out of that stat, absolutely. But how do you not marry the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, right? Like, I mean, you, I, got there's, to. you, got you, to. you have to. They're the best, best team on paper in the division, knowing nothing about them other than that right now. And they have the greatest football player in the history of football at the most important position on the field. Until and I've said it over and over again on this podcast, until Tom Brady gives me a reason to bet against him, I will bet with him until the cows come home. Uh, Zach, there was a time in my life where I knew what the difference between median and mean was, but now I just talk football. Okay, so we're, we're moving on now. I believe we're all marrying these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's going to be tough. Again, I am a Green Bay guy, and to watch Tampa Bay still do well kills me, but I think Tampa Bay is the marry in this division. I think the fuck's a little bit different, though, because there are some frisky teams in this division. Some teams going up, some teams pointing down. Drew Brees no longer here. Okay, Dan Quinn, no longer here. There's some differences. Julio in this Jones, world. no longer here. Teddy Bridgewater, no longer here. Hey, Sam Darnold, come on down. I'm interested to see where we go here. Let's go to our guest first, Mr. Ewing. Where are you going with your frisky team? Like, if I got to spend one night with somebody, I want something fun and unpredictable. And I'm tempted to take Carolina. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, I love Terrace Marshall. I think Joe Brady is a, is a genius offensively. We saw what he did at LSU. Um, up close here, but but I'm going to go with the Saints just just because I, I mm. feel like they're so unpredictable. Um, I mean, listen, this is still the team that had the third best yardage differential in, in the NFL last year. They were plus uh, I have it here, 65.5 yards per game last year. They still have a mm. great offensive line. They still have a good defensive line. They got to replace Trey Hendrickson, but but this you know they still have Alvin Kamara. Jameis is nothing if not fun. You never know whether the drive's going to end in a bullet touchdown pass or a pick. I, yeah, He's I mean, fun. Like, and Taysom Hill's fun too if he wins the job. So I, I, yep. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm lucky being in this area because you get to see them up close. And I, I really don't know what to expect, which, which makes for a fun, uh, a fun yep. one night stand. Hey, man, I love that answer. I love that answer. Uh, I will say, uh, Dangles and I went to the uh, Rams New Orleans game when they came here. I think it was either last year or the year before. And the New Orleans Saints fans they travel are so blast. well. They travel they so well, and there's blast. so much fun. There's so and much fun. Try... We're first of all, the parking lot at outside the Coliseum was just a sea of black and gold. There was you had to look hard to find the blue and yeah. yellow little tents. And we were like, you know, we're walking through, and we're just, you know. We're dancing with the with with the Saints fans who are throwing a party, and the Rams fans are, are like, "Hey, we've got brats over here." Like it was there was it wasn't even close. <laughs> the tailgating the Rams, experience. The Rams fan guy was literally still setting up his easy up as the Saints fan were marching into the stadium with like jazz music yeah. playing. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was great. So it was really to, cool. To, to, bet a, to like, what's more fun than that atmosphere to have that fun one night stand with Dangles? I want to go to you though. Are you staying with the Saints as the team you're having a one nighter with? Yeah, I actually am. Uh, and this is a tough one. I'm just not I'm just not convinced enough by what I know about Carolina and Atlanta that things are going to be okay. Look, the addition of Arthur Smith is great in Atlanta, right? He brings a, a fresh offense, offensive perspective, but I see some regression in that offense. I mean, that Mike Davis, you know, we, yeah, he ran for 1000 yards last year, but I don't know if he, he can bell Derrick Henry. I mean, he's not Derrick Henry, and I don't know if he can bell cow a team for an entire year. And the Carolina Panthers, if Sam Darnold is the, anywhere is close to what he was in 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 New York Jets, unless he has a huge glow up, 
you know, I, I'm I'm worried about what how much they can do with just relying on Christian McCaffrey. And I, I love what I hear about Terrace Marshall, but again, another question mark. I think the most sure thing outside of the Buccaneers in this division is the Saints. Remember, Jameis is only a couple seasons removed from leading the league in passing yards. And that was before he had LASIK surgery. And Taysom Hill, yeah, he's not the guy you would think would be an NFL quarterback, but like you said, Zach, he sure is fun to watch, and he sure makes you have to game plan a whole lot differently knowing the skill set that he has and the way that Sean Payton uses him. And that's the last thing. Guys, I'm not going to bet against Sean Payton when I'm looking at some of these other coaches in here. A first-year head coach uh, first year head coach, and a second-year head coach in Arthur, Arthur Smith and Matt Rule? I'm sorry. I just, you know what I mean? Like, I I'm going with the Saints here. I like them as my as my frisky team. Uh, it's a, you make a hard, you drive a hard bargain, sir. And I was torn between two teams when it came down to who I chose as my as my lady I was taking home, and it was a hard choice. It was a hard choice, but I too wanted to talk about fun, and I I, I you know a glimmer in my eye of remembering the past when I was a younger man myself, and there was that one night at the Rose Bowl where USC just looked so so pretty. And I still love me some Sam Darnold. Listen, this Carolina team, I believe <laughs> I in right. Matt Rule. I believe in offensive coordinator Joe Brady. I love the young players they have on defense getting one year older. Brian Burns, I think, makes a huge leap this year. But that offense was pretty potent with Teddy Bridgewater. I think Sam can replicate it. And he gets the best running back in the league back. If Christian McCaffrey, again... The big if, anyone can stay healthy. That's always an if, no matter who you're talking about. But this man in particular is not only a running back, but he's your best receiver as well. There's so much he brings to the field offensively that I love to see this team. I think they truly can make waves, especially when you look at their schedule. I don't like the schedule pick often, but that Carolina team, three of their first five games against the Jets, the Texans, and the Eagles. Those are three of the worst teams in the NFL, in my opinion. Carolina should be able to beat these teams if Sam Darnold can knock off the rust of that New York Jets franchise. And we've seen it done with Ryan Tannehill, a different quarterback when he got away from Adam Gase. I think Sam has the same chance to do it under Joe Brady. I love this Carolina team. That's the team I'm taking home. Shea for the Sharp, last man to go. Where are you going? Boys, really, you know, really insightful answers there. I, 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 I liked, I liked every, I liked every answer there. We haven't talked about the Falcons, but that is not going to be the team that makes me happy in my pants. I don't feel it in my loins, uh, if you will. So I am going to take. I, we've been, we've been way too, we've been way too uh, uh, uniform on this Tony Squares, but I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers for the simple, for the simple fact, of, of kind of what Zach said. I, I, I really like Matt Rule. Uh, Joe Brady, I think, is very interesting. I like their owner, Mr. Tepper, who's. Committed to winning, but as Dangles mentioned, you know I, I'm not a Sam Darnold guy, Tony. I don't believe in him, but I do think it's one of those, you know, it, it, it's. I don't think you can, you can't lose anything by starting this year. Throw it on the wall, see what happens. And I think he's only he's only 24 years old. A change of scenery, you never know. I I'm not high on him per se. I do like the move. I think it's kind of a can't miss. Um, and and I do think they're two three years away from a rebuild. But I know you know a good friend of the the podcast, TJ Worth, would be happy that I like to get inside some Panthers. And I mean Christian McCaffrey. I mean that guy. You, you know who wouldn't want to like you know whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, the, the first-round draft pick, J.C. Horn, having a great camp. Jeremy Chin coming back for year two. I love, love this team. Zach, going back to you, the final pick, the one that we should take the unders on. Whose stock are we selling? Who are you killing in the NFC South? I, I think we're probably all going the same place here because it's the one team we haven't talked about yet. But I, the Falcons are in such a tough spot. I, I mean, if I was them, I would have had a hard time passing on Kyle Pitts, too. 
because I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a badass. Like I, you, yeah. you know, I, I do. And if it's if we're talking, if fans, he's generational and you miss on him, you never right. hear the end of it, right? Like we could have had him. This was what everyone wanted us to do. How do you not draft him? And and I mean, from a fantasy football perspective, I'm all in on Kyle Pitts. Like I I think I'm not wasting a real high pick on Kelsey or Kittle. I'm going to wait and try to get Pitts. You know what I'm saying? But I'd love for him to fall to me. But from a Falcons perspective, you know, they're in Matt Ryan's not washed up by any means. I still think he's a top 10, top 12 quarterback in the league. You have a chance to put that weapon next to Calvin Ridley. You bring Mike Davis in like, hey, this looks pretty good. But they're just not that close. I mean, they were four and 12 last year that they, they which they, they played a lot of close games. Their they probably weren't that terrible. bad. But the defense is bad. The offensive line is not any good. Yeah. They lost Alex Mack at center. I mean, like. I, I just am not I'm not seeing anything here that makes me think they they can compete with the Saints or the Bucks in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Hey man, I I'm 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 close to being right there with you. And I, I think I think I trust Arthur Smith more than the average guy, though. I do think he was more than just a Derrick Henry quarterback. He made Ryan Tannehill see the field a different way than Adam Gase did. And I think he can do the same with Matt Ryan, because I think Matt Ryan on, on paper is better than Ryan Tannehill. And those weapons, other than the running back, are better than what Arthur Smith had in Tennessee. I understand the defense. I completely understand the defense. I think there's going to be a lot of 40-point games in Atlanta this year. But the team that I am killing... I don't know if they're going to be the worst team in the divisions, but they are definitely going to uh, shoot under expectations. Their win total in the sports books is nine right now. And yes, Dangles, you said it was not long ago where Jameis Winston led the league in passing. He also led the league in turnovers. And we saw enough this of Taysom Hill last year that I did not really think he could be your everyday quarterback. He's fun. He can do crazy things. He's an athlete of, of one of the best athletes on the field. I don't think he can lead your team as an everyday quarterback. I want to see Jameis post-eye surgery. Let's see if he's, let's trust... see if the turnovers were because he couldn't see shit. I think the turnovers were because he can't make great decisions. And if you've seen, That's if you follow our truth. Twitter, you've seen a video mashup of the play fakes that he does in the preseason where he just sort of short arms to the quarterback. He just does not do the things you need your quarterback to do at an everyday level to succeed. He has the arm power to do whatever he wants. He ha- does not have everything else. It's not the full system. And I'm not sure that that team can be better than they were without Drew Brees, even even the noodle arm Drew Brees that was there last year. I really don't like this New Orleans Saints team. Every time, even the Patriots, every time these dynasty-type teams eventually come back down to earth, and I think this is the year for the New Orleans Saints. As much as I hate to say it, I love Kamara. I want to see Michael Thomas succeed after last year. I like some players on the defense here. I just don't think this is the year that I'm going to love this team because of Jameis and because of Taysom. I don't like either of them. So I'm killing the New Orleans Saints to go under expectations in the NFC South this year. Dangles, have you given yours yet? I don't believe so. No, I haven't. I'm with our, our guest, Zach Ewing, though. I'm going to also kill the Atlanta Falcons here. I just, uh, you know, again, I, I don't think Arthur Smith is necessarily a flash in the pan, and I'm not saying this because I don't think that they might outperform expectations I, because I think they're going to be actively bad, but uh, that defense really makes me worried. And you've got three teams in the NFC South that could potentially put points on the board. We've seen them do it over the last several years. You know, so I, I, I don't think I don't think the, that the Atlanta Falcons are in a great position to win. 
I know Arthur Smith has said on the record before, like, we want to win right now. I'm not the kind of person. They didn't bring me in to rebuild this team. But I think the Falcons, as an organization, find themselves in somewhat of a, on the cusp of a rebuilding time. And Matt Ryan is not washed up, but he's no spring chicken, and he's not getting any younger. Um, he's still, I think, is going to perform well in a fantasy perspective. But overall, I just don't see this team competing with some of the other teams in the division. So I'm also going to be killing the Atlanta Falcons. Shea for the sharp. Very tough one for me here. Very tough one. Went back and forth. And, and, and again, it's, I'm a little alarmed because me and Tony just seem to have very similar taste in these games. And I'm not sure that's a good thing. But th- th- this, is, this is my reasoning for this. Because like we talked about with previous divisions, this is expectations versus reality. Dangles, you had talked about, yeah, the Falcons are saying, yeah, we're not in a rebuild, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what the kind of they have to say. Uh, uh, being, being historically at the top of that division for over a decade, you know, they're over under seven and a half with, with, with uh, heavy juice on the under so obviously the market doesn't really think that they are going to perform at a 500 level the saints however and we saw this last year with 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 the divorce of, of, of belichick and brady now we got sean payton for the first time in his career really coaching without drew Brees, and obviously drew Brees at the end of last year was was probably a detriment to that team based on his arm strength and obviously just a great champion that he was you didn't want to see him go out like he did in the playoffs with an embarrassing performance but i do think you know, I I I, I don't dis, I don't dislike Jameis. I don't dislike Taysom Hill. But again, with expectations of of this team supposed to be a 500 team or better, with their win total at nine, Michael Thomas, the whole thing seems like a disaster with him, with the front office, with his injury, with his injury health, with his injury history. I love Kamara, um, and I I just I think they're gonna fight tooth and nail to even get to nine wins. So based on that, I'm gonna kill the Saints just thinking they're not gonna meet expectations. Now, now, Zach, uh, uh, Drew kept on going. He doesn't want to be next to me because on this show, I am known as Tony Squares, and he is known as Shea for the Sharp. And as you know, squares and sharps are like cats and dogs. But let's move on now to the reason that we are here. We are the West Coast Gamblers. We are the only gambling show that makes you money, and we are here to give you a season-long win total bet right now that you can go take to the house. I will go first because I've already talked about it enough, but I will just say... The New Orleans Saints in the first five weeks, presumably with either quarterback starting, get to play Green Bay at New England and at Washington three of those first five games. Those are three of the better defenses in the NFL. And unless New Orleans knows what they're doing on offense, I don't think that defense is going to stop the offenses on the other side. I'm a little bit worried about New Orleans. That nine wins is a big number. Listen, Tampa Bay at 12 is a huge number. I don't think I'm going to take it. Carolina and Atlanta are at 7.5-8. I could see it going either way there. I don't have a prognostication of what to take. New Orleans under 9 is the one I'm going with. I just don't think they're up to snuff. Even 8-9 and nine wins me that bet. I'll take the push at 9 if I can. I don't think they're a better than 500 team. Dangles? You know, I uh, this this was a tough one for me too because I I don't hate the Panthers uh, over seven wins at even money. I think they could potentially be a, a frisky team in that division. Um, I I, am, I will tell you I am staying away from the Buccaneers in any way, shape, or form. Not only because twelve is a big number, but also because the Buccaneers have never in their history as a franchise won more than twelve games. Not even in their Super Bowl years. So I don't want to I don't want to mess with something that's never happened in history. Uh, instead, I think I'm going to go with the exact opposite of you, Tony. I'm taking the over on the New Orleans Saints Whoa. gonna be bullish on we got them a little this beer year. Bet here? Uh, we could let's do a beer bet on it. Cause look, I think Sean Payton's a smart guy. He's an, an offensive whiz. He's going to put whoever in the game is going to give him the most weapons, the most chances to win 
offensively. I think he'll make the right decision, whatever that is. I personally think that happens to be Jameis Winston, and and I think Taysom Hill is much more valuable to them as a Swiss Army Knife type player than he is under center, calling plays, making adjustments at the line. I think the Saints team, I think people are going to be down on them anyway because Drew Brees is gone and no one thinks they can play, and the statistics in the past don't really suggest that teams after a Hall of Fame quarterback leaves do very well. Overall, they pretty they regress pretty regularly in terms of DVOA the year after after that said I still really like the Saints team I think they have a lot of ways they can beat you and Sean Payton is a wily old mother father and he is going to win any game that he can he can get his fingers even close to so I'm taking the Saints uh they're over their win total and uh oh shoot I just lost my number it's nine no the nine I, I lost yeah, in some places you can even get them eight and a half with you know with some juice which I wouldn't mind. Which I, for that I I would pay a little bit of juice. Okay, but I actually found it here at points bet plus one ten for the the New Orleans Saints over. Not too bad. All right, Dangles, me and you are against each other here. Let's go to our guest, Mr. Zach Ewing. Again, the smartest man on this podcast right now. He breaks down these numbers for a living. I'm really interested to see where you are going in this division. Do you have a season win total bet that you're ready to give out? I, I do. Um, you're, you're setting me up because now I feel like I got to have a winner if I'm the smart guy. So. Like I said, if I had, if I was that smart, I would just be sitting in a casino with my bankroll <laughs> and not talking to anybody. So the, I agree with you guys on the Bucks. I think they're a really good team. That's just too high. I, I mean, I'm sure y'all have talked about this, but you have to kind of recalibrate with a 17th game. Like, what does what does 11 and a half or 12 mean? But still, you're talking about needing 12 and five, or some in some places it's even 12, which means to win the bet you got to go 13 and four. Yep. I mean, this is a veteran team. What do we see veteran teams do? And early in the season, they kind of figure things out. We saw the Bucs do it last year. They figure things out. They're like, you know, four and three after seven games, and then they turn it on. I, I could see that situation. I, I'm not I'm not touching that either way. If I had to bet on the Saints, by the way, I would take the over, especially if I'm getting it at eight, eight and a half. Like um, it. It, simply because, like, people forget this. Yes, Drew Brees left. Yes, Michael Thomas is a is a is a – a loose cannon and a, has a screw loose and all those things. It's all about line play. They still have Ryan Ramchick. They still have Teron Armstead. They still have, uh, they still have Cam Jordan on the defensive line. They still have Marcus Davenport who, when he's been healthy, has been really good. I, th- I think they're going to go over, but I don't feel super strong about that. The one I feel strongest about it, I'm, I'm going to go back and pick on the Saints biggest rival. I don't see the Falcons getting to eight wins. And so if you're giving me at seven and a half, I could see six and 11, seven and 10 to say that that roster is going to get to eight and nine. To me, you have to number one, have better offensive line play, better defensive line play, better play in the secondary and get a full healthy season out of Matt Ryan. And that's too many ifs for me. And so to say, are all things that have to come together. That's right. If are all four of those things happen, could they get to eight, nine, nine and eight, push the playoffs? They could, but I just don't, you know, and you have to, you have a new coach and I like Arthur Smith, like you guys do, but is he going to, this turnaround going to happen in year one? It didn't in Carolina with Matt Rule. I, I just can't see concern. it. I, I, I don't see it, and I think seven and ten is their ceiling, and that's why I would break the bank on, on the under seven and a half. I like it. Thank you for that analysis. I will say, though, before we go to our resident sharp, as a numbers guy, Mr. Ewing, your mind had to have exploded when it, they said they're going to do 17 games for an NFL season. What a terrible <laughs> number. What a terrible number. Am I right? Oh, I, 32 teams, eight divisions, four teams each, 16 games. It was perfect. It was, it was perfect. perfect. Why are we messing with perfection? I thank you. Thank you. 
That's all you I want. Add a th- Thank you. I'm out. now. I mean, like, what are we doing? Here? I, I, you're, you're you're welcome back on the show anytime you want, sir. But to our resident shark, our final season win total. Where are we going to put our money for the NFC South, my guy? Zach, I love that bet. I think I might sprinkle something on that myself. I had it. I had it. Uh, had it circled. I decided to go away from it for this reason. You know, I I gave out in, a, in an earlier earlier show. I gave out the lowest number. Lowest win total on the Texans at four, and I took the under because I really believe, I really believed in the precedent from last year. And I do think that team. I'm I'm doing the math in my head. I'm looking how many games they're favored in. Maybe one. You know, I I, I like the under. So I'm, I'm looking at this Bucks, and everything in my head wants to just stay away from it. Stay away from it. No, don't stay away from it. Twenty twenty two returning starters. They're a veteran team. They have the Super Bowl hangover. What Tom Brady, what Tom Brady showed me, or I shouldn't say showed me, reaffirmed to me last year is that dude. He's probably literally the most motivated NFL player to date right now as we sit here. There'd be nothing more. He knows he's got a couple years left. Do you see the sign behind he, me? Do you see the yeah, sign? I see. All right, keep and going. I, I'm, I'm not acknowledging it. Yeah, it's he not even nothing, close. We're talking about apples he, and sailboats. He, he has, he has, there's nothing more. The only thing he hasn't really done is literally win a Super Bowl and not lose a game in the regular season. Now, I'm not going to go stupid, and the Bucks are obviously going to lose a game this year. Came off close. These, Came off but, close. But... but, but but this is this is from our friends from the betting predators. The Bucks have the tied for the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. A third of their games are coming against teams with win totals of seven or less. I looked at their schedule and I see four. I count them four games. Well, they'll be. I think they have a chance to be favored in all seventeen games. But I count four, where it's even going to be less than a field goal. October third, probably the game of the year when Brady makes his return to New England. Obviously, Belichick's going to pull out the stops on that one. They play at the Rams, at the Washington Football Team, and home against the Bills uh, in, in in later in the year. Of course, like Zach said, contingent on health, which is always a big asterisk in the NFL season. I'm not I'm not betting this with Blaine Gabbert at the helm, obviously, but I do believe at over 12 at even money because, like Zach said, you can get 11 and a half at minus 150. I'm looking at this Bucks team and I'm thinking 13 and four. So the sharp could be really sharp or dull as a butter knife. I'm taking actually the lowest win total on the board going under the Texans. I'm taking the second highest win total on the Bucks. My best bet NFC South Bucks over 12 even money. Look at that. That's why we have them. It's not for his good looks. It's not for his analysis. It's for that. <laughs> it's for it's for taking bets like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Ewing, I thank you for coming on the show today to help us break down the NFC South. That's it for our show. And tomorrow it's the NFC West, and then we're done. Coming on September 6th is our future show. We break down all the bets for the heading of the year, and then week one's here, folks. We have actual football games. Bucks versus Dallas Cowboys dropping the banner. Brady gets his 17th ring. He has to find more appendages to put him on. I can't wait to watch it. It's right around the corner. But that's it for us. For Tony Cavallo, for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, for Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and we are the West Coast Gamblers. A proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. 
Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.